got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Coffee and Crypto Live, the greatest show on all of YouTube, especially when it comes to crypto. It's going to be a great day today. we got a lot of stories to cover. There's some cute ones. There's some not-so-cute ones, uh, but uh, it's going to be fun. We're also going to look at the price of Bitcoin and look at the charts because about 25 hours ago, we were sitting at $43,000, thinking potentially we were on our way back to 50, but now we are down, pressing closer to the $40,000 level, sitting right now around $40,300. Is this this going to continue to the downside or is this just a little relief before we actually rally in the long run? Also, a lot of stuff has broken yesterday, both bullish and bearish. We got the bulls kind of running behind Morgan Stanley saying that the Bitcoin Lightning Network is not only superior to Visa, it might potentially be the future of global currency. That's really big coming from a, a company like Morgan Stanley. But at the same time, Jerome Powell came out saying that may more than likely that 50 basis points that we've talked about for interest rates is probably going to be on the table. This is a lot of pressure going back and forth between bulls and bears about the future of Bitcoin price. We will discuss all of that and more later. But today, this show, I want to keep it lighthearted. This show is brought to you by the word cute. And speaking of cute, I want to throw it to everyone's favorite former Chick-fil-A line cook, Smay. How are you doing this morning, Smay? I'm doing so Wow. Beautiful. Uh, Cute. <clears throat> Cute even. I would like to read some names in honor of this beautiful morning. That is Friday morning. Uh, it's a good morning. Uh, by, oh, by the way, announcement. Announcement. I'm not going to be here until, like, this is my last day till Thursday. So, That's so sad. just in case you guys know, I'm going to be. next Thursday because it's yeah, Friday. Until, yeah. Well, Thursday. Next week. Next week's Thursday. Yeah. Clearly, because hey, you, you there's not another Thursday. You stand for truth, now and I want to make sure the truth comes out. So, so I just want to put it out there that I'm going to be in Las Vegas at the NAB show. So if any of you guys are in broadcast, you're going to be there. Come say hello to me. But other than that, that I will not be here for the next couple of days. Uh, just so FYI. But I'd like to, in uh, honor of that, read some green names, and I'm going to sing them because I want to. We got crypto J and P, and when people send crypto alchemist and crypto sec guy, and why you loud and Matsy and Elliot Lock and Agent Gold, wow, that's and Matsy and Sultan of Sultan. Who else we got? Who else we Come got? On. We got some more names. We've got uh, Dennis Bizarca and uh. Red Crypto Red Fox. There we go. And all these great names. I love you guys all the same. Well, well, friends. well. Thank you so much, Smay. We are joined today, sitting in Jeb's seat, because Jeb is at his brother's wedding today. It's a good day. Another cute story. You know, Jeb's brother getting married, uh, who's also 21. But we are joined by T. Shroom. Sitting in Jeb's seat. How are you doing this morning, T-Shroom? I'm doing well. It's a great day to see everybody. It's a great day to be in America. And it's a great day to be here on Crypto Jeb. Yeah, it is. And the last person joining the show, coming from New York City, it is Kelly Kalum. How are you doing this morning, Kelly? Hi. Ooh, quiet. I'm having a good day. There we go. <laughs> uh, I'm having a good day, man. I woke up uh, super, super rested. I feel like the first time I'm really rested since I got back from Tokyo and then back from Florida hustling with all you guys. But uh, yeah, the market's just doing its little dance. Everything's great. Uh, it's scaring people. But if, if you look at the TA and you look at the structures, uh, nothing's broken. So um, I'm just excited to get into it today. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you for everybody being here. And if you will, just depress that like button for us and help uh, help spread the little love around the Internet. Absolutely. Well, guys, guess what? We're going to go ahead and jump into the show. Again, we will look at the chart of Bitcoin. We're going to talk about both that bullish and bearish news coming out yesterday, both from Morgan Stanley and from Jerome Powell. But first, because today is brought to you by the word cute, we're going to talk about two different stories that we saw this morning that might not be consequential to the price of Bitcoin, but I think that they're cute. And I'm going to explain why. The first one right here, if you go to my screen, Smay is from uh, The Mirror saying that a drug dealer thought that he had 80,000 pounds in Bitcoin, but the decimal point was in the wrong 
place. If you scroll and read the article, he told the police that he had 2.35 Bitcoin, which was the equivalent of about 80,000 pounds, but it was actually 0.000235, meaning that he owned a couple of pennies. That's so cute. That's tragic. That's really sad, especially since he was being put in jail for six years. And I think he's still going to serve some time there because, again, whether you sell those drugs for 80,000 pounds or whether you sell them for a couple of pennies, you're still soliciting a sell. But I thought that cutie, was, that, that cutie, that uh, story was so sad. Kind of cute. What do you guys think about uh, uh, this poor guy, this drug dealer? Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, seems, it seems to me like he's got he's got it all backward i mean he's pursuing a life of crime and he doesn't understand how decimal places work you know but but you got to feel for him though because it's like if you thought that you got that much money and then all of a sudden you got the rug pulled out from under you and then you find yourself behind bars that's just that's an emotional roller coaster i don't want to be on well even even more tragic it's not even him it's not even him the police the police when they're told oh we just arrested a drug dealer with uh 2.35 bitcoin guess what they got to confiscate that and if they can get the keys out of him that's now state money well instead of having a uh, pounds they got like i think a couple of pounds like eight pounds or something like that it's pretty tragic and it's pounds. It's not even good old USD. Yeah. Well, staying in Europe, another cute story coming out yesterday or early this morning. I'm not sure which one exactly. But the EU officials discuss a potential ban on Bitcoin trading. And now, while you might say, Tim, that's serious, that's tragic, the reason why I find this cute is their rationale and their reason for thinking that this might work and what they think might come out of it. If you scroll and read the article, I'm not going to read it word for word. But pretty much you guys know that EU tried to ban Bitcoin mining here a couple of weeks ago. That failed. That vote went down. Now they're talking about potentially banning Bitcoin trading. More than likely, it will probably fail just the same. But the reason for it is actually pretty funny. They think that, especially since they've seen Ethereum start to move towards proof of stake, and the reason for that is that Ethereum executives have said this is, a, this is something that our community wants to do. They think that if they ban Bitcoin trading and eventually get to ban Bitcoin mining, that will be the pressure and all they need to make Bitcoin go ahead and come on out and say, you know what, it's time to pro- move to proof of stake. So that's another uh, cute story, just the misunderstanding of the EU government. Uh, I mean, I guess it's it's pressure from what was it Sweden? Sweden. So thinking that they have enough control to switch all of Bitcoin over to proof of stake. That's a that's but, a cute story. You know what they should do? They should get the uh, CEO of Bitcoin and the yes. board of directors of Bitcoin yeah. on the horn and figure out how they can lobby to make that change. As soon as we can find him, the cult leader, uh, he'll uh, we'll go ahead and try to get that working on. There you go, EU. So you guys don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, well, guys, it has been it has been a day of red, and and unfortunately, as we start to transition, it gets the stories get a little less cute here. Going over to Bitcoin's chart, this is something that I, I really, really, really wish I had been wrong, and and this is something we talked about a couple of days ago. I told you guys that we had stories. If you guys were here two days ago, we had a lot of bullish stories, a lot of bullish opinion stories happening right here. Actually, let me go out to the daily chart, and a lot of people were upset with me. A lot of people were saying, oh no, it's Tim the Bear, but sure enough, just as I predicted, guys, when you see stories like that, they're usually followed by red candles, and we have dropped nearly 3000 Let's just go ahead and call it $2,500 since that show, and this is this is something that I actually think there's a lot of hope. I'm going to go through all the technicals, give you guys uh, just the, the ins and outs of what is happening. We'll discuss, is this something to be alarmed by? Is this something that's just part of the plan? We'll look at the daily chart and the four-hourly chart, and if need be, we'll go down to the hourly. But I want to just kind of preface this by saying this is something you guys need to prepare yourself for. And it's not about saying that Bitcoin is over, because as you guys know, if you've been watching me for a while, you watch Jeb, there is still a lot of reason to believe Bitcoin is still just going to go up into the right. And in, in fact, actually, when we're thinking in larger terms, we're going to see Bitcoin. There's so many bullish fundamentals coming in. There is pressure from the bears, but there's so much bullish information coming in. We're going up into the right. The question is, will we go down to the right before that? So let's go ahead and start out here on the daily chart and look at a couple different things. The first thing is we're still squarely within this, you know, some people will call it a bear flag. If you're zooming out here, People are going to say that we have a flag pull starting from that all-time high down to early January. Oop, come on, line, come with me. You know, this is an argument that I think is a valid argument. This would give us a prediction, though, if we were to play this out. And i got to scroll for you guys before I get there. But let's say we were to break out of this. It would give us a prediction somewhere down around $24,000. I don't see this happening. There's a lot of fundamentals as to why. But it is something that, from a technical analysis standpoint, we have to keep our eyes on and say there's a potential possibility. Again, I don't think I'm 
um, that's a very likely possibility. I'm not in the camp of saying that that's going to happen, but it is something you got to keep your eyes on. What is good though, if we go ahead and pull up the RSI, right now we are sitting at a right at the 14-day uh, moving average on the RSI at 42. This is nothing to be alarmed about, especially since the last thing when it comes to divergences, and you guys know Tim is all about his divergence. Tim loves him some good RSI divergence, both bullish and bearish, to help indicate what the market's doing. The last divergence we have on the daily chart is still this bullish divergence that we set up back here on the 12th of April. So nothing has changed. We have not set up anything bearish to change that trend. We're still moving to the upside. So as far as the daily chart goes with the RSI, bulls are still looking like they're in good control. Now, when we come here, bring the MACD, I'll go ahead and make this full screen on my TA. We did slow down a little bit. You guys see that blue line is starting to come down, but we're still heading back up. There's a lot of pressure from the MACD saying that we could have a bullish cross here within the next couple of days. This would be good. It's not guaranteed. It's not something we can go ahead and just pencil in and say, guys, the MACD is going to cross. But that's a lot of momentum to come down this far, swing back up. Even though we have a small delay, there's still some hope on the daily chart. We could have a bullish MACD cross very soon. Let's go ahead and pull up our Bollinger Bands, TD Sequential. I don't think there's anything of real consequence here, but I'll go ahead and pull it up. You know, right now we just rejected. This is something I called. Let me actually minimize my TD Sequential so it's out of the way. We did reject off that 20 daily SMA. Again, that's what we talked about yesterday. Even though we were hovering slightly above it, I told you guys on the daily, we got to see where the candle closes. Sure enough, that candle closed below the 20 daily. Uh, daily SMA, which means it did reject off of it. We got a long way down before we're looking at the bottom of the Bollinger Bands, probably looking at least around 37,000. Not that I'm saying that that's guaranteed going to happen. There's still this line of support, this ascending level of support, setting higher lows. If you guys go back over here to the 14th of March, same thing, or sorry, if we go back over here to the 22nd, where we bounced off the bottom of the Bollinger Bands, rallied up, came back down, we didn't have to go all the way down to the bottom of the Bollinger Bands. We actually bounced on that line. So there is some hope right there on the daily chart that that could continue to hold and be a strong level of support. That's looking like a spot right around 39.8 to 40,000 as strong psychological and technical analysis support. Let's pull up the Lux Algo, see if anything's changed on Lux Algo. Uh, not that I think anything has, but I always want to keep an eye on it. Now, right now, we're still under a red trend catcher. We got red candles. We are hovering right around the, the middle bands. There's nothing. We're not really close necessarily to reversal zones in the daily chart. So at the moment, I'm not too concerned about what I see happening on Lux Algo. But when we go down, to the four-hourly chart, and we're going to see some observations here that could be some cause for concern. The first one, as I pull up my RSI, my RSI, you guys are going to see that we. One of the reasons why I was kind of getting a little concerned is how high we were getting on the RSI versus the price just was not getting that high. Sure enough, we ended up setting right here bearish RSI divergence, just as I predicted. That's where the price peaks went high, but the RSI dipped. This is the last divergence we've seen on the chart, and we have not yet set up the bullish divergence, meaning that right now, four-hourly pressure, according to RSI, is probably on the bear side. Now, there is a potential we could set up some bullish divergence if the price continues to dip. Look at this bottom right here, back on the 18th of April. We got all the way down to 30 on the RSI. It does look potentially, again, I'm, I'm, I want to stress this word potentially, that there is a chance that even if the price drops below that level right there, around 30 38.8. If the price did drop a little lower around 37, like what we were looking like with those Bollinger Bands back on the daily chart, potentially the RSI will not drop all the way back down to 30, which would set up a bullish divergence, and that would be a reversal pattern, meaning right now, four hourly is in a bearish trend because of that strong divergence out here, but we could have a reversal and head back to the upside. This is something that you definitely want to keep your eye on with the four hourly chart, so even though it's bearish, there is some hope there as well. Look in the Bollinger Bands and TD Sequential. I don't think there's anything powerful with TD so I don't need to pull that up. We are sitting at the bottom of the Bollinger Bands for support. So this is giving us a little bit of hope. We could go past them, but of course we have that ascending level of support sitting right there. So I, I think based off of what I'm seeing on the charts today, let's look at the Lux Algo real quick. Based off of what I'm seeing, I really think this 40,000 is a strong level of support. The question is, if we break below it, will we go down further? And what I'm seeing on the charts, I would say right now what we're looking at, if you are a trader in Bitcoin, again, I'm doing the traders, not the DC. If you're a trader in Bitcoin, you're watching 40,000 strong. And if we break through 40,000, you're going to be watching somewhere around 37. Let's see if I go back out to the daily chart. Let me make sure I get that correct because I don't want to misspeak. You're looking somewhere around this region right here, 37.7 as your next level of support uh, based off of what we're seeing happen on the charts. So that is what I'm seeing right now uh, on technicals. But I want to throw it to Kelly because we haven't we don't get Kelly on that often. He's super busy with everything he's working on with Club DeFi.
Kelly, what are you seeing? I know you're you really love using Market Cipher. Is Market Cipher telling us anything else? I know the big deal over there right now is that weekly chart blood diamond. Are you seeing anything that we're not seeing using just normal technical analysis in Luxago? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so this is what I'm seeing right here. Uh, my chart's drawn fairly close to yours, but a little bit different. Uh, and that's kind of like the art of TA. It's uh, so subjective. And that's why it's good to have multiple regions and multiple zones you can look out for. So what I'm seeing right here, just like you, we have this, uh, this sort of support that we have. We've been fighting right here. We kind of bounced through it uh, a few days ago. This is on the 17th. We came down and we we found support right here at this golden golden fib, which is a uh, basically the the fib from from down here coming uh you know once it came all the way up here the retrace back down and we hit that uh and we did fight with this region right here that was drawn out and i've, I've shared all these charts and i update them regularly on my twitter um but we you know even if we fall from here we still have support right at the golden fib and then exactly where you're saying right at the 37 37 5 level which is another support uh level right below that now in terms of uh looking at market cipher uh, we still have a green dot on the two day uh on the momentum wave right here which is you know th this is uh clipping back up uh the vwap came very sharply but you can see it's kind of gone flat right here money flow is still coming down a bit but mm -hmm. the rsi it's not showing bearish or bullish it's just sort of uh going Going a, a bit flat right here. But now if we come down, I'm just going to look directly at market cipher. We come down to the daily. We do have a, a red dot on the daily uh, and a strong VWAP down and a downtrend on the RSI. Uh, but let's zoom that in uh, closer down on the four hour. Uh, we can see that uh, the VWAP is sort of rounding. Hopefully this doesn't uh, continue to the downside, which will happen if the price action comes down. But the, the momentum wave is still strongly angled to the downside. So I do expect either a very fierce fight right here uh, where we're at at this lower support uh, and in, in which case uh, those uh, momentum ways and VWAP and RSIs can all resolve and then give uh, sort of a, a a flat launching pad to then, you know, come back up to the upside. And if not, if we do fall from this, which which very well could happen, we do have strong supports below us. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, in, in a few minutes, uh, when you throw it back to me, I can cover a few things that are on uh, in regards to a couple of very, very bullish metrics of on-chain data that are showing uh, a lot of whale activity at this level, uh, showing really it's just a very, very, very strong bullish divergence of fundamentals of on-chain data as compared to what's happening on the chart. Uh, so that, that's that's what I'm seeing right now. And back to you, Timbo Slice. Awesome. Well, while we have some time, let's go ahead and look over I know another project that is very hot in, and I don't mean hot in terms of price action. I mean hot in terms of the discussion. And you either love this project or you hate it, especially on our channel. It seems like everybody is has some form of an opinion on Cardano. Again, you either love it or you hate it. There doesn't seem to be any type of a middle ground here. Uh, Cardano is definitely still tied very closely to Bitcoin. This is something that I think is very valuable that people need to watch out. I do think there will come a day where Cardano does its own thing. We saw, we've seen before where Cardano seems to be released before Bitcoin does as well. But right now, we will say that the price is heavily correlated to Bitcoin. But I want to see if there's any differences potentially that we're popping up on Cardano that maybe we're not seeing on Bitcoin. The first thing is that if you were to compare these two charts, I'm on the four hourly chart right now, there is a little bit of a different peak happening right here. Why are you zooming in on me right there? I'm taking my RSI down. There we go. All right. So you guys can see Bitcoin definitely had more of a peak happening right here, whereas Cardano seemed to stay a little bit more modest with that. This is meaning that there's not as much of a... There's not as much of a bullish pressure happening, Cardano. Is this a suppressed thing happening right now? When we pull up the RSI, we do not have any bearish divergence the way we had bearish, uh, any bearish divergence the way we had on Bitcoin. What am I talking about right here? You guys can see these RSI peaks that were similar to Bitcoin here on the four hourly chart. The price and the RSI both went down. This is a good sign from a technical analysis standpoint for Cardano that Bitcoin did not have. If I pull up the Bitcoin chart, go show you side by side, see how this price goes up, but the RSI goes down. The RSI looks similar on Cardano. The price, however, does not. The other thing that Cardano has going for it, and we've talked about this before, and I think Jeb talked about it in a video yesterday. Some of you guys don't love this. Some of you guys like to complain and say, and say that doesn't mean anything. And the truth is, I've seen inverse head and shoulders patterns be busted several, several times. But here is the truth. At the moment, it's not confirmed. That is the biggest point you got to take away from this. There is no confirmation, but there is potentially suspicion. Let me get rid of that uh, little arrow key right there. Uh, there we go. There is a there is still a case for saying that Cardano could be in an inverse head and shoulders pattern. Some of you guys are seeing the different angles and saying, Tim, those are lopsided. Well, if we were to bring up the angle
angle of what's happening here, it's actually not as bad as some people might say, which is why I'm still in the camp of thinking that this is a legitimate head and shoulders pattern, inverse head and shoulders pattern, if it plays out. If I draw this line, you guys are going to see it's at only a 5% decrease in the bottom of these shoulders should this level right here at 87 cents still hold as the bottom side of this right shoulder. Let's pretend for just one second that everything plays out as we really want it to, and this does confirm to be an inverse head and shoulders pattern. This is what you could be expecting for Cardano's price. Going ahead and drawing my neckline right here. I'm gonna draw from the top of my head or the bottom of my head because we're inverse, all the way up to that neckline. When we break through, we're going to see potential price action so far as $2.08. Now, a lot of you guys are saying, Tim, that is way too much, that's way too high, but just so you guys know the things that Cardano's working on, Again, some of you are going to deny this, but they are explosive. Also, Cardano of the bigger projects is one of the ones with the biggest decrease since its all-time high back in November. Uh, I guess this their all-time high was back in September. But right now, Bitcoin dropped as far as sorry, Bitcoin. Cardano dropped as far as 76%, whereas these other projects are closer to 40 to 50. I think that there's a lot of potential for Card Cardano to the upside. Now, if you guys were to enter this trade, let's pretend for just one minute. Again, I'm talking to traders here. Let's say this price does make a motion and break through. That's what we're waiting for, confirmation of breaking through this neckline to trade. What you do want to make sure you do, and we're going to talk about this in one of our Club DeFi videos, actually, when we talk about trading, is make sure you set up your stop loss even with the bottom of this right shoulder. So in case it rejects and in case what we actually see end up happening is this level breaks through giving us confirmation. It comes through, people enter trade. Come on now, give me my marker. We break through right here. We break through, people enter trades right around this level. If the price does keel over before it gets to its potential, it would come down, and as long as it stays above this, I would stay in the trade, and then moving to the upside, it could still potentially in the future get back up to that point, in which case your trade is not invalid. However, let's say, for example, it keels over and drops below that line. This is where you're going to want to set up your stop loss, so even though you'll end in a negative, you'll still protect yourself from losing everything. That's just a quick update in case anyone was looking into trading Cardano. I wanted to make sure we covered that, but I want to throw it to T-Shroom, both Cardano and uh, and Bitcoin. What are your thoughts and what are you seeing on the charts uh, that make you excited or potentially a little scared to be entering any new buys or trades right now? Well, it's an angle that we've talked about a little bit, uh, kind of behind the scenes. I don't think we've brought it up much on the show or in videos. And that is essentially the 90% correlation between the NASDAQ and Bitcoin. Um, there, there, that exists. Some say it's as high as 90, others say uh, it's not that high. I personally do see, and if you look at the charts, um, I definitely see a correlation. Um, and, you know, it, and it also exists in oil. The, the markets are kind of working in tandem right now. And what's happening in the stock market is earnings reports. And specifically, you know, those tech companies are what you're going to want to keep an eye on to see, you know, per, perhaps the, the movement that Bitcoin could, could uh, emulate for the NASDAQ. So it's something to watch. It's it's kind of a more of a macro kind of perspective on it, but that's what I'm seeing. I'm also really disappointed. I was really hoping we would get that MACD cross on the one day on Bitcoin. We did not get it. I had tweeted about it. Um, and then the same on ADA, although it was, it was pretty farther uh, farther away from getting that cross. But what I am encouraged by is that the, the MACD isn't going in the wrong direction. It's it's continuing to, those histograms are continuing to decelerate. And and you, that's true on uh, Bitcoin and on uh, Cardano right now on the daily. Yeah. So, so that's really good. Uh, you know, it's not great. The histogram on the daily did tick green uh, yesterday for the first time, but then it closed red. So, you know, again, it, it was a little bit of a bummer. Uh, but I, what I was thinking, though, is that I bet that there's a lot of people that as we as we were like uh, on the 20th and the 21st, as, as Bitcoin was kind of up at the top, I bet a lot of people were thinking they had missed out and that this was it. This is where Bitcoin is going to make another run for 69. And, uh, you know, they had missed out. Well, now you're back at uh, 39. Actually, right now in live time, it's 39,900. Mm. And, and you have that opportunity to buy back in. Now, I'm not saying this is the best. That's the best idea because as we are kind of flirting with this uh, support, you know, it could drop down lower to the, some of the levels that Tim have described, and that would be a much better entry point. But that's why you can buy a little now and buy a little then, you know, break it up. You don't have to always buy all at once. And uh, mm. yeah, so that's kind of what I'm seeing. You know, you want to watch the, uh, 
the di as soon as uh, Bitcoin starts to diverge from the Nasdaq, that's you know that's when you know that we're in a different market, right? But right now, the Nasdaq is really kind of a it's a it's running in tandem with it. Now, what I will say is that Bitcoin seems to be leading. It seems to be moving uh, in the direction that they both move, but it's moving faster. It's a, yeah. it's a leading indicator of the Nasdaq, which is interesting. Uh, I don't know if people are trading on that, but it's just something that I noticed. Yeah, and I want to respond. We got a we got a, uh, one of our members, Taryn Crypto. Great point. And I, and I TA is an art form. I want to start off by saying this. But I said Tim, love your TA usually, but I disagree on the ADA TA. You use the Warwick as a shoulder, and I think that's an outlier. Cardano will four to five times by Christmas, but not because of that. Keep on keeping on LLP. And I guess I, I read that a little funny. What he's talking about right here, I, I'm assuming, is this wick right here. I was assuming talking about this wick right here for the head. What he's talking about is this wick right here. Let me go ahead and look at that and see. I just want to potentially look at what we have going on. Uh, because it is an art form, there's not like this science that says that there's some computer reading this data and then computing and making a prediction to control the market. What technical analysis is watching the charts and watching the price action happen and then the psychology of saying well if other people are seeing it this way this is what's going to happen so the reason i use that wick is because i believe that there is going to be some psychological uh play there that i think a lot of traders will end up using that wick but let's just give him the benefit of the doubt let's talk and use maybe wicks closer to this point uh because you still want to use the wicks when it comes to these we'll go ahead and give it the benefit of the doubt and go right there we're still only looking at a nine percent ten percent uh this angle on that price action, that's still not enough. When you start getting closer to uh, 15, 18% angles, that's when you're starting to say, this is getting a little too ugly. I don't know if this can really call anything out, but I want to give Terran Crypto the benefit of the doubt saying, hey, you know what? If you don't want to use that wick, go ahead and just use these wicks right here with that, which aren't outliers. A lot of price happening right there. It still would technically fall into an inverse head and shoulders pattern, even if it wasn't as pretty using this wick down here that we had back on the 22nd of January. But yeah, great point. Again, technical analysis is an art form, not necessarily an exact perfect science. Uh, are there any other super chats? Let me see. I guess I'm the one who has all this stuff. Uh, we had one from Mike Markle, also another member for six months now, is a Jedi Padawan saying, Hope Jeff's brother's wedding goes awesome. I love this group here. Great perspectives from different points of view. Love and respect the team. Thank you so much, Mike. You're, I, I've really enjoyed getting to talk with Mike. I've actually gotten to talk with him on the phone before. Mike is someone who's really interesting. Again, one of our one of our fans who loves Cardano. So, Mike, I'm sure that you are loving what you're seeing from the channel. Some people do not love that. And I want to get, just reiterate for all of you guys. Uh, May, am I lying when I say we have no uh, affiliation connection to Cardano uh, in terms of getting paid for anything? Uh, yes. No, you're not lying. I, I mean, I, if we were being paid, I, it's not coming to my wallet. Uh, that would be nice. I, it's just a project that our team really, really does love. I really do believe in it. And I perfectly understand the arguments people have used in the past saying that they don't like Cardano that didn't work. In fact, I've gone on record to say when we looked at that $3 Cardano that we had back in, let's see, I, I think September is what I just talked about. Yeah, back in September when we had a $3 Cardano, uh, that price, in hindsight, I'm looking at it, I'm saying we, we should have never been there. That was way overextended. It it did not deserve to be at $3. The problem is, is that because Cardano went so high and then crashed again over 70%, there's a lot of naysayers out there saying it's a broken system. It's not going to work. But in reality, as you're watching all the things the team is developing, they are coming full-fledged. Jeb made a video about this last night and he did some TA on it. But what he talked about even more so was the developing fundamentals on Cardano as they're starting to release things and things are coming to fruition. They're actually delivering on everything they said they would. It just might not have been in the same timing that everyone wanted. So just so you guys know, that is why our channel loves Cardano so much. It's not because we get paid. It's because we personally as individuals invest in it and love what we're seeing from that project. Crypto Alchemist said, uh, who's been a Gemini Knight now for seven months. So Cardano's NFTs have been the most lucrative aspect of Cardano or ADA, he said, in the past year for me. You guys need to take a look into it. Question for Kelly. Asked about Bitconomy a couple months ago. Any chance you looked into it? Thanks, boys. Uh, actually, no, I haven't, I haven't looked into it at all. I've been, I've been, uh, absolutely like sucked into my computer, right. Uh, you know, writing and building a bunch of the courses for the club DeFi. So, uh, yeah, other than that and doing the on-chain and doing technical analysis, I, I haven't been, uh, really exploring, uh, new projects that have uh, come on my horizon lately. I've just been really tuned into everything that's going on. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot that we've been building out. So, yeah. 
Absolutely. We'll keep moving. We have a couple more here. Crypto set guy member for eight months is a Jedi Padawan. Say Cardano NFTs are incredible and an amazing way to 4X, 5X your holdings. Man, that's something we got to get more involved. You, I don't think you're using Cardano, Smay. Are you using Cardano for your NFTs that you're building? Um, I'm, we're still figuring that out. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't know. T- I don't have an answer yet. T Shrim, have you looked into any card? I know you dabbled a little bit with some stuff like that. Have you looked at Cardano NFTs and do you have any thoughts on them? I mean, I have one now. It's hey. actually my first NFT. I have a Cardano NFT too. Yeah, and it's Come all on. thanks to Mike Markle, who was a freaking Come on, absolute G and went into the whatever the pre season uh, you know exchange was and and got got the handle T Shroom for me and gave it to me and it's awesome. And I I actually really like that technology. So if you don't know that the Cardano handle, essentially whatever wallet that it's in, you can send money to it like Venmo yeah. and the money will go to the wallet that it's in. So it's it's that's pretty mind blowing. That's a huge step in the in like uh, online payment transfers. Uh, that's really, really cool. If I, if I could uh, take a minute to talk about Cardano really quick, if you go to my screen, so so here's kind of the ongoing, for any Cardano haters, uh, the ongoing narrative in the crypto space right now is who can beat Ethereum, right? Ethereum is this, is this giant queen of crypto, 300 billion, 360 billion, I should say, market cap. But everything from six down to 10, all of those coins, they are 100% competing to replace Ethereum. So that's mm. X and XRP uh, uh, actually Binance is, is leading the way. But these are all like these are coins with e- with well-developed, robust e- uh, ecosystems around them. DeFi, NFT, um, all these things that, that have kind of come around. Cardano is missing smart contracts. Once they add smart contracts, I'm, I'm pretty confident that they're going to get bumped up to around, you know, competing with with Binance and and uh, in for the well, throne. Cardano has smart contracts currently. They're just uh, they're very slow to be uh, fully developed until they have their. Oh, I can't remember their their latest evolution of update that's coming here in the next month or so. Yeah, uh, a lot. Their biggest issue right now is uh, uh, just uh, not throttling, but uh, not having enough uh, throughput on their chain. So their stuff is sort of getting backed up. But there are mm-hmm. smart contracts because uh, they wouldn't be able to have dexes on their on their chain unless uh, they had smart contracts and and, and, and NFTs. So I think uh, there's a lot there's a large holding pattern there until that next update comes through. I appreciate that clarification, Kelly. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, you may have seen something else. What I'm under the impression of is that they're, they're able to function without smart contracts, which sounds a little crazy, but that's mm-hmm. just, that's just, um, what I understand it to be. But uh, the overall picture that I'm trying to paint here is there's like, there's a handful of, of coins that aren't, they're not trying to be the next tether, right? There's a whole another sub competition going for that. There's a whole, like, like I've said, XRP, Solana, Terra, Cardano, Avalanche, and Binance, they're all competing for Ethereum's market share. And if Ethereum can't get its act together and get those gas fees down, then these other coins are going to continue to be mm-hmm. able to cannibalize their market share. And, you know, that's that's just the way that that narrative is going to go. Has gotcha. re- ver- these have very little to do with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is in a it's in a league of its own. Hmm. Well, let's go ahead. And, let's go ahead and move on. The, before we jump back into discussion, there is something I wanted to let you guys know about, and we don't talk about it very often. But it's one of my new favorite tools, and this isn't just for you traders out there. This is for even some of you guys. If you DCA, hey, you got your strategy down, you're good. But I even think if you're a DCA, or this would help you a lot. But especially people who like to invest, waiting for dips, they want to wait for good fundamental things to come out. They want to look at the charts, but they're not always certain when and how is a good time to invest. Token Metrics is one of the new tools that we use. I absolutely love it. It gives you this whole system. If you're on my screen now, it gives you the whole system where it actually rates different projects. And you're notice right now, none of the big projects are in the top levels, but it, it rates them. This number right here tells you how good of a buy certain coins are. Everything over 75 means that we're actually in a spot potentially for a great buy opportunity. Everything below 35 says, man, you probably want to sell. There's some stuff going down here, but even cooler, if you go over here, analytics to indices, it actually shows you if you were to follow their uh, advice, 
It's a fundamentally based uh, computing device that tells you what coins are in the best spot to buy. If you follow their indices and you purchase the way they tell you to purchase, they've actually shown that anyone who's used their site since their founding is up 9x on their investments. It tells you what your current ROI will be if you're holding. So right now, there's a lot of negatives. Don't know if right now, and I think that's pretty obvious to other people as well, right now is not the best time to be, like if you were talking about just today, maybe not the best time to be buying, but it gives you that extra tool to go ahead and do your fundamental analysis on a coin that's good. Of course, you guys can use CT2A or the future of Club DeFi for helping you know technical analysis, do your technical analysis by yourself. But if you're confused on the fundamental side of what's happening on different projects, you absolutely can use token metrics. The last thing I'll show you guys, for example, let's just use Bitcoin. If I wanna type in Bitcoin, I can find a lot more about what's happening and if I think this is a good spot to buy Bitcoin. So right now it tells you it's the price, where we're acting of the day. And I can come down here, again, I told you guys daily, we have daily grades going on. And right now, based off of this, I'm looking at this and saying, hey, if I'm if I'm not a DCA'er, if I'm someone who's looking for good buy opportunities, according to token metrics, right now is not a great time. It's not sitting necessarily in a sell zone. It's sitting more in a, hey, if you're in a buy, leave it right there. If you're in a sell, it's not time to buy just yet because all I see is 41, 32, 47 as a whole this would help me as an investor know it's not quite time this might not be the bottom of the dip again it's not the end-all be-all but it's a phenomenal tool to add to your bag of how you invest and how you trade crypto and you can be very profitable what's even cooler is that if you purchase and sign up today token metrics will be running a 25 percent off campaign code earth 25 on friday through sunday for earth day every plan open during that time will result in, result in token metrics donating a tree to be planted in the amazon rainforest i think that's pretty cool i know smay thinks that's really cool but even if you don't care about trees guess what you do care about getting a sale and that's 25 percent off so make sure you sign up with the link down in the description below again especially if you want to know how to do fundamental analysis this is the tool for you but let's go ahead and transition because we talked about this a little bit in the beginning of the show there's a couple stories here i'm going to run through really quickly and then we're going to transition to some discussion because we're going to be seeing in this next season a lot of pressure going back and forth between the bulls and the bears and here are the two things that I'm looking at the most. So Morgan Stanley has come out and they have said that crypto could become more widely used as currency. They even go so far in another article that we had pulled up here from the Watcher News. They're saying that it is a superior uh, system to Visa. This is going to be really interesting because if this is true, Morgan Stanley, one of the larger, larger banks in the world, saying that what we have happening out here with Strike, what we have happening with the way the Lightning Network works, this could bring massive adoption to the space of crypto and specifically Bitcoin could begin to take form as a world currency. This is massively bullish. This is something from the, the bottom saying, guys, there's a lot of reason to be very hopeful about Bitcoin. The problem, however, is that if we go over to the Powell news, this is the bearish side. Powell yesterday, he says that back in front loading Fed rate hikes says half point is on the table. In fact, he kind of he kind of hinted at the fact that it's not done deal, but more than likely when they have their Fed talks, their Fed talks, they're going to have their May talks and they give their announcement. It is looking like a 50 basis point increase to the interest rates is going to happen. I want to open this up to the floor to discuss as a team because this is going to be the rest of 2022. We talked about Mike Novogratz a couple weeks ago discussed how even though he is very bullish on Bitcoin long term, his prediction for the rest of 2022 is a bouncing between 30,000 and 50,000. And this is potentially an explanation of maybe why that could be true. Because every single time we get down here into the 30s, we're going to have this bullish adoption begin to push us back to the upside. But just as soon as we start to get a really good rally, there's going to be an announcement from the Fed, interest rates are going to be hiked, and there's going to be some bearish pressure pushing us back down. So I want to start off with Kelly. Kelly, what are your thoughts and what are your predictions? for the rest of 2022 based off of these two stories that you're seeing developing? Well, I mean, you know, as I've mentioned uh, in, in discussion with you guys, I, I think uh, I really think the whole news story with uh, Jack Mahler's and Strike uh, at Bitcoin uh, 2022 was very, very, it's almost like it, it's like a behind the curtain sort of, uh, it's, it's one of the biggest news developments we've had in two or three years because it's not necessarily about, you know, their development with uh, Shopify and NCR and Blackhawk and uh, basically replacing and reinventing, essentially uh, redesigning the, the the digital payment rail, you know, displacing uh, uh, MasterCard and Visa uh, and, you know, all these different sort of uh, credit transaction rails that, that have been on, uh, that the world's been on since 1949, I think it was. Uh, the fact that 
we're now using Bitcoin specifically in this case as a technology, uh, the use case of the technology of the speed of transfer uh, and the immediate finality. Uh, you know, it's, it's not necessarily even about being able to spend Bitcoin. That's where a lot of people are, are mis mistaking this sort of uh, uh, up, uh, update or, or evolution in the uh, in Bitcoin and crypto. It's that you can immediately transact and you can start with cash or US uh, or uh, uh, Australian dollars or yen or whatever, you know, fiat currency that you have and immediately transact it over the lightning network because it's converted to Bitcoin. Yeah. And then on the on the finalizing side, it switches back to whatever the merchant wants. So I think in terms of uh, driving adoption into the future, I think this is one of the biggest news developments we've had since the you know inception of Bitcoin, because this is creating an immediate uh, and available and ease of use use case uh, for not only uh, crypto holders, but also merchants and transactions. And uh, so it's going to drive adoption in that sense. Uh, and not, not only is it going to drive adoption because of that, it's 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 just like marketing a new product. It's a mm. regularity of thought and it's a sense of safety around a technology. Uh, and the more and more different merchants use it, the more and more large institutions use it and people use it, uh, the safer they're going to feel with this. And uh, that's also going to open the doors to more investment. So, yeah, I think uh, I think going into this year, I think uh, I, I, I honestly think that we are at that tipping point uh, uh, of where people are actually going to start looking at this more like a, a hedge against uh, uh, traditional uh, markets. Uh, and uh, I think I, I do think we're still going to have that upside uh, coming in this year. I'm just not sure where whenever whenever you want to, at whatever point in this uh, show, I have a uh, two or three charts I just want to show to show that bullish fundamental divergence of what's going on with the against yeah. price. Well, here's this is this is a little bit of what's concerning me at the moment. And again, the, there's a lot that can still play out. There's a lot that can still happen to change. But right now, the bullish pressure, especially with the bidding light with the Bitcoin Lightning Network, if we're talking about that kind of pressure, I think this is phenomenal for the future of how we use Bitcoin, how we transact. It's amazing for these small uh, business owners to be able to cut down on fees, get their confirmations immediately. But a lot of that pressure is also built on the retail's interest in using it. And this is something we've noticed on our channel now for a long time, but there was an article this morning from FX Street talking about how retail interest in Bitcoin is dwindling, Google data suggests. We've known this for a while. In case you guys haven't noticed, views on YouTube are completely down, not just our channel. If you go and watch any of the major crypto YouTubers, views are down, subscribers are down. It seems like the only people that are watching day in and day out are enthusiasts who are doing a massive amount of research as well. They've already been, as people put it, orange pilled. They believe in the future. Even as the price starts to come down, they're still like, hey, this is going to be the future of currency. But the problem is new people coming into the space, that interest is very down. So even that, I think that there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of fighting happens here. I do think that as price dips every single time, we're going to see institutions gobbling up supply and pushing us back to the upside. There's a fundamentally Bitcoin should be heading back up closer to all time high. But this pressure of the Fed height rakes, this affects the everyday user. Not only is the boring price of Bitcoin going to take retail investors out of the space, but these interest rate hikes are also going to take them out of the space because their ability to invest in what is considered at this point massively a risky asset such as Bitcoin is going to keep them from investing. And so it seems like every single time we start, we're going to start mounting any type of momentum, any type of rally, that bearish news from the Fed is going to come knocking on the door, hit us on the head and send us back down. So I'm sitting in the camp of saying until we see more confirmation come out of uh uh, what exactly is happening with interest rates. We know exactly what the rest of the year and the future looks like there. If we see the Fed potentially start kicking the can down the road even, giving a little bit of breathing room, that might allow for the price to go back up. But right now, I think that retail coming into the space is going to be limited. And because of that limitation, I think this is going to be a great opportunity for whales and institutions to gobble up some low-priced Bitcoin. Smey, what are your thoughts on that? Do you disagree? Do you have a different take? Um, can you... Please say the question. You want me, okay, so what are your take on retail investment in the space? What you're seeing happening? Do you agree or disagree with the fact that every single time we're going to start mounting momentum from institutional adoption from how great Bitcoin is going, that we're going to kind of bump our heads on a on a ceiling and be falling back down, not really breaking up back towards all time high? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I'm very much in the camp. I, I know that there's a lot of and maybe I'm very, very wrong about this. I've just 
literally I'm just speaking from what I've been able to observe since getting into crypto is that the only time that you really see crypto get hit its all-time highs is when there's some kind of uh, catalyst. Maybe it's started by institutions. Maybe it's through manipulation, but it's always leveraging the retail. It's a lot of the time. It's always at some point FOMOing the retail in and shooting it up. It's never just this, you know, giant all-time high run that had nothing to do with retail. Retail's always involved, uh, at least the way I've been, been able to observe it in the last year or so. So, yeah, absolutely. I think this is I think uh, at the end of the day with retail not being involved, I think you're going to be very hard pressed seeing uh, anything uh, of substance happening anytime mm-hmm. soon. What I could expect is if for some reason there's some kind of manipulation down uh, behind the scenes and something gets that 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 kindling started to get that hype going again, then there you'll see another a giant push. But I don't think the whales just do it on their own at this point. I think what they do is they try to they try to FOMO the the retail end to send it up. At least that's what I've been able to observe. Um, so I think just keep an eye out for that next catalyst. And I think that's what we're going to be waiting for. I think this is a very hype driven market. I don't think we're past the phase of of price movements being built purely on actual fundamental development. I mean, I think we've that's been proven with the amount of really big bullish fundamental things that didn't really get priced in. Yeah. Um, so I think ultimately this, this market, these all time high, this depends on, on hype uh, ultimately. Well, Kelly, I want to ask you the same exact question after hearing what I said there again, I'm not saying I'm setting a stone in that belief, but there's a lot of reason to potentially actually start backing that concept. Mike Novogratz talked about that bounce between 50 and 30, but I know you said you had some charts. Do you think that there is still hope for breaking through before the end of the year with everything happening on the fed pressure? Do you think, we'll actually see maybe not only an all-time high, but $100,000 Bitcoin before the end of 2022? Uh, I would say about 97% chance. Uh, I, I would I, I, I stick to my guns that I still think we're going to have that last massive bull push up. And I'm going to, I'll show you real quick here in two minutes what, what, why I'm saying that. Uh, and now this ties back to what uh, T Shroom was saying about being tied to the to the, to the traditional markets. And this is a chart right here that shows every time this, this on the bottom, this is a stochastic oscillator of, uh, of the, uh, uh, IGV, which is basically, uh, tech ETF, uh, within the uh, S and P 500. And, uh, this, every time this, uh, this oscillator comes all the way down to the bottom, we, we are pushing into a, a bullish trend. You see this? And mm-hmm. we, we basically been dancing around there right now. And of course, this is a little different than before, because these are just uh, a touch, a touch, and then bounce directly up. And of course, with everything going on geopolitically and with uh, the traditional markets, this is kind of going up and down right here. But I, th- this is just showing, you know, that if if the markets uh, push up, if we're going just on this correlation, then we we will go up. But like I said, we're also talking about that sort of flipping of people's separation from uh, looking at this the same way they look at traditional markets. Now, mm. uh, in addition to that, you know, we have this uh, massive down trend right here and this green line right here this 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 line right here this is the whales uh whales basically whale buying and this this is basically as we've just been going sideways whales have just been only increasing their buys at this level so that's a massive bullish divergence in terms of uh although the price is going sideways what do whales and smart money do when they when they find uh where they think is going to be a bottom they they do their investments so could we go down from here a little mm-hmm. bit absolutely we can but i think that this bullish divergence is speaking speaking volumes uh and then in addition to that you know we're very big on channels in uh bitcoin and we've been in this massive channel this whole way and we're finding this support right along this sort of this level right here. Uh, and so I, I'm still looking for that last leg, that last leg up. And the final thing I'll show is uh, this chart that I put out yesterday that we, we did in Glassnode. And these are FIB bands based on the realized price. And this uh, this band right here that we're basically sitting right above is a realized price times 1.618. Uh, and we're sitting, we're basically holding right on top of that, uh, which is basically the bear control band. And we're held right right below this uh, bull control band. Uh, and if, if we go back one chart here, we could see same thing that's happening right here back in 2013. We've dipped, we actually eclipsed that just a little bit, but then mm-hmm. that was basically this indecision point between the bull and bear control. Mm-hmm. This was a new launching point. So all the bearish fundamentals, it all comes down to essentially with, uh, yeah. 
we're looking at exhausting all the short-term holders who are capitulating and selling because long-term holders are showed by and large, they're holding strong. And essentially what's happening right now is we're waiting for the small, it's very small percentage. It's like four or 5% of holders that are capitulating at these prices. When that gets exhausted, we have such a liquid supply. Uh, I forgot. I have one more chart. It's this one right here. I, I have to show it because this basically catalyzes the point. It's this chart from Willie Wu. And this is highly highly liquid supply shock oscillator. And we're, we're basically at an all time low with this. And every time we hit this low, this is where we get these massive, massive bull pushes. And we're at an all time low for uh, for a uh, highly liquid supply shock, which meaning, which means that we are very, very, very highly illiquid. So we're just waiting for that last little bit of people to, uh, to basically get scared out and their hands shaken out. Like, like a little kid holding onto a fire hose is getting shaken. They get shaken off. Uh, and if that's going to take one more dip down to 27 or 29, that very well could happen. But I think that the institutional smart money floor is so strong now with how much buying that's happened at this level with smart money yeah. that I do think once that happens, that we will have that, uh, that, that sort of catalyst, uh, back, uh, back into a, an uptrend. And then once we eclipse 55, then that's when the retail starts piling back in and even more so after 70. Yeah, man, I, I think that that's super great. And, and what Kelly was just talking about there, it still gives me a lot of hope that, again, we are close. We're getting close. But close sometimes doesn't mean hours. Sometimes close doesn't mean days. Sometimes close means weeks slash months. And, and all of that data is going to come to fruition for the Bulls. The question is when, not if. And, and there's a part of me that's still seeing when we're looking at just closing ourselves into what we're seeing right now happen in the next couple of days. There's still a lot of pressure the Bears have. Just because we go down does not mean it's over. I mean, I know Kelly will agree with this. Let's say we do go down to the mid or lower 30s. That does not cancel out anything Kelly's talking about. If anything, it simply strengthens the case for a more explosive rally whenever that pressure does come off the top and we can go. But we're going to start. I I, 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 want to say one thing, though. I will say with this is only my this is my theory based on all the data I've collected. If we drop below, I would say 27 and we're and we're not not a wick, but like we have like a daily candle close below 27, somewhere in the 25 to 26 range. Uh, at, at that point, I would start questioning uh, my theory about it continuing to the upside because 27 is sort of the macro floor based on right. uh, a price model that Plan C put together that that puts all the different floor models into one floor model. And it's basically saying that 27 would probably should be the ultimate floor. If we go below that, then yeah. I will negate my theory. So pretty much. So you're as long as we stay above 27, nothing's changed. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to transition here. I'm going to set this up real quick because here in about four minutes, we're going to be crowning a HODL trophy winner. And it's down right now between Smay and myself, although Smay is in the lead. I would have been in the lead here not only in, uh, just an hour ago, but as long as it's below 40,000, Smay will win the HODL trophy this year. If it gets back above 40,000 this year, this, this year. week, gosh, <laughs> this I'm just year. running through this week. If it can get back above 40,000, though, I will claim we got four minutes, but I'm going to read some super chats and we're going to discuss those uh, before we announce that winner. Cache Cats said, just to show a little love, want to give a donation. Thank you so much, Cache. Smiles, with a lot of S's on the end, said, hi, Kelly. Can I get thoughts on ADAX? Is it still bullish? Yeah, I mean, ADAX, they've had, they have a huge amount of uh, developments that they're doing with the V2. They completely redesigned their UI and UX, and uh, uh, they're doing things a little bit differently with fees, and they have staking pools. And the biggest thing that's held back their price in the lot the, the, with the version 1 and 1.1 was that they were trying a different uh, business model, which was an order book model, which basically didn't allow for any TVL. And if investors, when they look at DEXs, they're looking for TVL. So it made it seem like they weren't uh, as good as they were because they were just trying something different but because the commu- they recognize that with the community the version two which should be coming out here in uh i'm not sure somewhere between may and june uh it has staking pools liquidity pools all these things that is going to drive tvl and uh they were just named i can't remember if it's coindesk or uh, there was a major news outlet that, that identified adax as one of the top uh yeah uh not daps uh projects on Cardano. So I'm still very bullish on it. I'm, it's just like any micro micro cap coin. You have to, it's not just, you have to be in position before it runs. Cause once it runs, you've completely missed it. And so I, you know, I've just kind of DCA once it, uh, once it gets around the 15 cents level and mm-hmm. I've done it a number of times. So I'm just, I'm just patiently waiting. And uh, when it pops, it pops. Yeah. 
We just had a donation from me and ADHD, uh, 20 pounds, it looks like. Thank you so much, me and ADHD. Uh, Smay, did you have something you wanted to say to the people, or you want to get it afterwards? Uh, let's see here. We're going back. Let's go back to the chart, because we got about, what, a minute and some change here. I'm on the 15-minute chart right here. It does not look like Bitcoin's going to mount itself back up over 40. Again, that's that line right around there. I guess it technically could move up just a little bit, barely right there. I don't think it's going to happen. Smay is more than likely going to be the winner this week. Uh, again, we have some time here. Uh, T-Shroom, did you have anything that you wanted yeah. to add real quickly while we're waiting on that winner? Yeah, so I think another reason why we're not seeing as much buy pressure as you might expect is I think that whales and hedge funds, they're really they're really waiting to hear from the Fed. The Fed, unfortunately, is is one of the strongest economic forces right now, and and it's having an effect on Bitcoin. It's having an effect on the price of Bitcoin. I think what they're, they're waiting for May 4th when we get another uh, decision on, on how uh, Jerome Powell is going to weigh this out the rest of the year. And what's interesting is we only have six more meetings for the rest of the year. Mm. And what a lot of people were paying attention to yesterday were some of the remarks from Powell when he said there's something to the idea of front end loading. So what what has happened historically is that the Fed will either uh, front end or back end or they'll evenly load the hikes. And, and it looks like the Fed is moving into a hiking phase. That's that's. But but the question remains is, will they front load, meaning will they do like a double hike or even a triple hike in May and then leave the December, the like the November, September, December decisions? At, they could even potentially do no increase, no hikes if they were able to front load it. And so I think that a lot of hedge funds and whales, like I said, are waiting to see kind of how that goes. They're kind of seeing. Yeah. And so honestly, it's not a bad case scenario for us to get a front-loaded hike and for us to go ahead and break down out of the support that we're in now and for it to get bought up and then the rest of the year you get the you get the actually wind in your sails from the fed because they give you positive uh non-hike mm. decisions if that makes sense so that's that's the fed take the fed angle on what could be going on in the mind of whales well can, we, can, can i make a comment about that too i think the other consideration it's like i think that's a perfect example of uh something that's likely to happen while also the other scenario is because we're we are in a, a, a midterm election year. And so, of course, uh, yep. they want to make sure they keep uh, get uh, inflation under control. But they also are dancing with not wanting to crush the, the market. So they very well could tease 50 basis points all the way up until the day and then just end up doing a 25 basis point hike and do that over and over again. Uh, and if that were the case, then that could also release the, the market back to the upside. But either way we play, you just need to play. You just need to make sure that you're trading safe, you have your stop losses in place and know that this is something that's just timely and you just have to be patient. Patience always yeah. equals profits. Well, we need to go in and now. Smay did win the HODL trophy. It is official. Woo! He is the winner for this week, not this year. Uh, although he's won some this year. He, he, yeah, good job, have to, have to go job. back and Where's look the trophy? The winners. It's over sitting by T-Shirt because did to Jeb me. win last week? Is that why it's sitting me. over by Jeb? I don't know. He is the he is this week's winner. Uh, Smay, do you have anything you want to say to the people? You want to tell people your confidence level about getting a repeat win next week? I want to tell you my confidence level. It's about a ten out of ten. So I'm gonna win next week, just so you know. <laughs> and I, I would like to tell you guys something uh, from the bottom of my heart. Uh, you know, we just discussed how this year could. Me and Tim basically said this year could be very boring. Yeah, you could end up not actually. Uh, there might not be a ton of vol uh, uh, volatility to the upside, right? What do you do in these times, guys? Well, I want to dedicate this trophy to dollar cost averaging, okay? <laughs> guys, this is the best year and for, for being able to accumulate supply for your portfolio. And I want to let you guys know something. Don't see this as a bad thing. See this as a silver lining that's going to get you more money. You should be, you should be celebrating for the times that it's boring because then you get, to be, you get to make a lot more Bitcoin than everyone else who just wants the hype to make short-term gains. Thank you. You know, as we go ahead and close out this stream, there's a lot of things happening right here. And there's two solutions. There are two different ways you can view this. Is Bitcoin eventually going to go up to the right? Do you believe in the future of Bitcoin's price overall? If so, you will continue to hold on. And I'm going to talk about a little bit more what that person can do. The other side is if you're starting to fear and fud out and say Bitcoin is doomed, it's not what I thought it was, guess what? It might be time. This isn't financial advice, but it might be time for you to go ahead and just lead the space. I don't think there's any of you out there. Again, as we talked about before, most people watching channels these days 
nowadays are enthusiasts. But if you are afraid, if you're convinced that Bitcoin has done it, it might be time to pack up the bags and go. But if you are a person who believes that Bitcoin will be going up into the right, that we will see in 100,000, then in a million, and potentially even multi-million dollar Bitcoin price, here are the two scenarios you need to be prepared for. Option one, we end up breaking and going to 100,000 before the end of 2022, which would be awesome because now your portfolio is really big. Good for you, win for you. The second option is that we stay in a turtleish, sideways, boring market. Guess what that means? opportunity. As Smay just talked about, this would be a great opportunity to DCA. A lot of people have asked, Tim, how many dips can I go ahead and buy? Well, here's the good news is you get paychecks all the time. DCA slowly into the space. And as long as we're staying at these low levels, in hindsight, when we're sitting at a million dollars with Bitcoin, the more you can accumulate in this region of 30 to 50,000, the more wealthy you will be within a million dollar Bitcoin. But you got to change your mindset from being upset and tired of boring action and see it as an opportunity. That is what I'm doing. That is what our entire team is doing. So as much as we love talking about a Bitcoin rally and bringing more people into the space, I'm excited about the opportunity that's set before me to continue to pack my bags, not only of Bitcoin, but of Ethereum, Cardano, VeChain, AVAX, all the other ones I'm invested in, because there will be an up and to the right price action happening. The question is when. That's all we have for you guys in today's show. We will be back next Monday. Again, Smay will be out. Jeb will be back. Who's going to be? I think Zach's going to be sitting in the technical director seat yes, next week. And Zach. if for some reason he's out of office, we got T. Shroom as T-Shroom. our third string technical but, director. Tim, can I ask, can I ask you a question? Uh, is there any sort of uh, any sort of video going out tomorrow with uh, some? We do. We have so uh, the the fourth episode of Between Two Coins is yes. going out tomorrow. And you know who we interviewed? Your own Kelly, Kelly. Bob the Builder. Woo, Kelly Kelly. It, it was, no, wow, I wish it was Bob timing. the Builder. Gosh, <laughs> I left that too open. He's next week. Bob answer. the Builder's next week. Gosh. Hey guys, if Bob you enjoyed this episode, I know there was no Jeb, and I know that people are upset that the price is going down. But make sure you smash that like button, and if you are not subscribed, go ahead and subscribe to the channel because no matter what the views look like, we will be here Monday through Friday every morning at 10 a.m. and we will continue to release educational videos for you guys to continue to fight for your own financial sovereignty. That's all I have. For you in this video, and I'll see you on Monday. Peace. Oh, we hope you enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9:30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJet. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacFee Media.